Welcome back to TGC Q&A, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition, where each week you'll hear conversations between members of our council and friends who provide their unique perspective on your most pressing spiritual questions. On today's episode, Tim Challies and Tony Morita discuss the question, what biblical questions can I answer with, I don't know? Let's listen in. I think we need to distinguish between questions I cannot answer and questions we cannot answer. Mm -hmm. If I is saying, I just don't have that knowledge, I may not have studied that issue, I may not be an expert in that, or I may just not want to tell you. So I may not have the answer. Versus we do not have the answer, which is to say no person, no human being can know the answer to that question. Um, There are some questions that no human being can answer. But even then, if we get into the we, when is it wise to say we don't know the answer to that question? Well, Mm -hmm. it could be that um, God has not made that clear to us. God has chosen not to reveal that. And so we believe strongly in God's sovereignty. We believe strongly in human responsibility. We don't know exactly how those two things work. We know they're both true. We accept them both at face value. But that doesn't mean we totally conquered the relationship between them. So we can say, God just hasn't revealed that. Mm-hmm. Or we can say God has not revealed that yet, that um, maybe there's something we, we don't know. You read the book of Revelation, we don't know how all of that will come together. We know it's true, mm-hmm. but God may only reveal it at the time or looking back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then there's that category, what, what will we want to be a... What we want to be cautious of is saying we cannot know that, mm-hmm. um, or no human being can have confident knowledge in something God has made plain. So I think mm-hmm. that's where we have to to be careful in that category. Yeah, I agree totally. Um, yeah, I think when when you talk in the realm of certainty, um, you know, there are some epistemological questions that um, are, are raised. When we're talking about um, specifics, like specific examples of what doctrines or beliefs. Um, are you know that, um, that where we don't have full um, uh, full knowledge? Um, mm-hmm. I think you've touched on some of them. Obviously, the ways of God uh, we believe as Christians that uh, you know Paul says in Romans eleven that uh, how unsearchable are His judgments, how inscrutable His ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's clearly some things that we don't know because even Paul gets to the end of Romans 11 and says God's ways are inscrutable. So mm-hmm. the inscrutability of God is a glorious thought and yeah. makes God you know, majestic as He is, as you think about His ways yes. are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. It makes Him not us, which is the kind of God you'd want to, to worship, a God who is inscrutable. Yes, that and way. that's what He's doing there, right? In Romans 11, He's worshiping this mm-hmm. God who is inscrutable. Um, I, you touched on it, but uh, the return of Christ, you know, Jesus says... No one knows the, mm-hmm. the, the day or the hour, uh, even though some apparently think they do know, right? Yes. Um, Jesus says, uh, we, we don't know, we won't know. So that would be a clear example, I think, of an issue of, of the details. We know he's coming, uh, but the, the details around that, are we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, there's uh, another thing that came to mind was just suffering, some, some aspects of suffering, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we know it will suffer for, for righteousness' sake, that, you know, we, we can understand that. We can understand suffering because we did something stupid, the consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. But there are some aspects of human suffering in life that we just don't have the answers. And yeah. I think that's that's one of the areas that uh, people have the most difficult time with, I think, right? 
And we can be trite with that, I think. We can we can assume that something we're going through, we know the reason for it. Mm-hmm. But often I think we're just handing it over to God's love, God's sovereignty, and saying, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. this is a consequence of sin, and God is chastening me as a son he loves. Or maybe this is satanic attack, or maybe this is mm-hmm. something else we often just don't know. So I think suffering is a, is a strong example mm-hmm. of where we don't know. And um, it strikes me that one skill every pastor, every Christian leader needs to have is the skill of saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be seen, I think pastors especially, want to be seen as the source of all knowledge. We feel less than if there's questions we can't answer, especially mm-hmm. if they're not that complicated questions. Mm-hmm. But having that ability to say, I don't know, or I don't know and I'll find out, or mm-hmm. I don't know and I'll find someone who can answer your question, uh, is often far preferable to, um, to just refusing to acknowledge. You don't have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You don't know the answer to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a certain epistemological humility that we have to have. Even when we're teaching the text sometimes where the text is not clear that mm-hmm. it's it's good to give people the four views of this text, give your view, state why you have that view, but there is still a, a sense of 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 humility of of knowledge and mm-hmm. I think that's that also helps people think. I think that helps them to think Christianly rather than just um, be told what what the answers are, and yeah. um, obviously we're not doing that with every doctrine because there's great clarity on uh, the big things. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I like to say that uh, you know God hasn't answered all of our questions in the Bible, um, but He's answered the questions we should be asking. Right? He's yeah. He's given us sufficient revelation uh, concerning uh, salvation, and for that we should be. We should be very grateful, right? Indeed. Yeah, no, I want to ask you a question. When you think about offering multiple views, so you can come across a word and people might interpret it differently, Mm -hmm. you're doing that work in the study, you're reading the commentaries. When do you raise that to the attention of the congregation, of the listener? Because I've often run into that. When is it important to say there are varying interpretations of this? Mm -hmm. And when is it best just to pick the one you think best encapsulates the data and just go with it without maybe causing people to... To, to consider the various options. Yeah, I, I don't think we're, we're necess- we need to necessarily do that on every single thing because you could do that, right, on so many uh, bits and pieces of a text mm-hmm. because you could find some commentator saying X, Y, or Z and another one saying X, right. For me, it's more of if, if this is key to unlocking a passage mm-hmm. um, and it, it's going to have impact in sermons to come, or maybe you're going through a series, right? Mm-hmm. So it, maybe if you're doing Ecclesiastes and there's discussion about vanity, uh, what what does that that sure. Hebrew word actually mean? And that's going to reappear over and over and over again. Um, now on that one, I would probably try to come down on a position, even, mm-hmm. but I would I would personally show the views and and just did it actually because we're preaching Ecclesiastes sure. or the authorship, <laughs> yeah. but other things that are yes. important as you keep going. Sure. Right, right. Um, I you know the authorship of Hebrews would be. One of those where, um, you know, is does it determine how we interpret the book? I don't think so. But people are going to ask the question, hear the views, and that's one of those places where we can disagree, and it, it's not it's not dividing us, yeah. right? right? So, I like what you said there. You said people are going to be wondering. I think that's the key right there, maybe, mm-hmm. is don't answer questions nobody's asking. Because there's yeah. things that can be interesting to you in the study. Mm-hmm. You solve those things and you go and preach them. Mm-hmm. If nobody in the congregation is interested, nobody's getting sidetracked by that issue, 
surely if you start an expositional series in Hebrews, everybody's going to be asking, who's the author of this? And if not, mm-hmm. they should be asking it, so you can answer that one. Right, right. But there's other things, why would you answer that if nobody's asking it anyways? You figure it out, yeah. and then you just, do, uh, you just bring them a good sermon. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Thanks for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A. To submit a question that you would like to hear answered on this podcast, send us an email at ask at tgc.org. And remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of TGC Q&A.